0: Women Taking the Lead, episode 232.
1: I love Toni Morrison's quote, if you want to fly, give up what weighs you down. I love this quote. I find it so inspirational because we all have those self-imposed expectations and limitations and when we let those go, that's when we really start to see the possibilities.
0: Hello, my name is Jody Flynn and welcome to Women Taking the Lead, where we are all about creating blasts of inspiration to help you overcome self-doubt so you can lead with confidence, integrity, and a sense of humor. Have you grabbed your copy of my best-selling book, Accomplished, How to Go from Dreaming to Doing? Head over to womentakingthelead.com forward slash accomplished to access the secrets to achievement and success. Now, Your future awaits, so let's get started. Hello everyone and thank you for joining us today. I'm here with Christina Vinters, who is a chartered divorce mediator. She left her position as a big firm divorce attorney last year to transition from the traditional adversarial process into the healthier and more efficient arena of consensual dispute resolution. Her company, Modern Separations, provides e-mediation to clients across most of Canada and the United States by Skype and phone. She's the author of Pathways to Amicable Divorce and she provides business consulting to other divorce professionals. Christina, it is so great to have you here. I think you are the first divorce professional I have interviewed on this podcast and I know, just like I know of the other women I've interviewed, our bios are just like the tip of the iceberg of who we are in the world. So if you could tell us a little bit more about you and your own humble beginnings.
1: Sure, well, thank you so much for having me on here, Jody. Uh, in terms of humble beginnings, I followed my then boyfriend, who is now my husband, uh, away from our home in Toronto down to the States. And I started working in a daycare for $4 an hour. So eventually we started a family and we had two kids and I was home with the kids for, for several years. But I started thinking about growing my own career and being a better role model for them. And that's how I eventually went back to school. I did my undergraduate um, degree when I went back to school when they were four and one and spent several years in school and eventually went on to law school.
0: That's amazing, Christina, to go from, you know, being very young, leaving your country, (laughs) not just your city, leaving your country to be with your boyfriend, who you were obviously madly in love with and eventually married, But you were in a position where you had a $4 an hour job, had kids, and then decided, I'm going to go after this big career as a lawyer. What drew you to the law?
1: I really wanted to find a a profession where I could be working directly with people and helping people in some way. I, I started out my career working with kids and uh, I wanted to continue being of service to families in some way. And so that's how I eventually ended up in family law.
0: Mm-hmm. And now you are specifically focused on divorce. And it sounds like before you, know, you transitioned to being a mediator, when you were you know, working for a law firm, you were focused on divorce. What, what brought you to that um, arena?
1: Well, I found the adversarial process to be quite damaging for families. as it's very stressful. It really pits people against each other and brings out the worst in people. And that, that's not what I envisioned for myself when I thought about helping families. Mm-hmm. So mediation is, um, it's a process where the mediator is neutral, doesn't represent either party, but um, my role is to help them find that common ground and find a way that they can agree and then move on functionally with the rest of their lives.
0: Mm -hmm. And what I really admire about your process and your journey, Christina, is because we hear so often about broken systems, right? The healthcare system, the education system, the law. I mean, everyone's got a joke about lawyers and, you know, what they're trying to get out and divorce it being ugly and awful, but you were on the inside recognized what was broken about it and decided to do something about it you weren't just complaining about it you weren't just sitting in the stands looking down going oh it's just so awful and broken you actually did something about it and started your own business to help bringing people to the table to calmly talk through you know what needs to happen you know what decisions need to be made so that the family doesn't get destroyed you know in the process of the divorce, because, you know, I think and talking with other people who, who also work in the area of divorces, what people don't often think about is like, what is this family going to look like 15, 20 years from now when the kids are older and they're going to be graduating from school and getting married? Like, how do we want to handle ourselves now so in the future we're able to all comfortably be in the same room and celebrate together?
1: That's exactly right. Picturing that future time can be really helpful. How how do you want to feel when you're at your grandchild's birthday party?
0: (laughs) Right. Not something most people think about when they're thinking about getting divorced. That's amazing. And Christina, clearly, you know, you've had the confidence to go into law and then break out of law, start your own business. Now you're an entrepreneur. Well, we also haven't, you know, you wrote a book and what we also didn't mention was you also just launched a podcast. So you are shaking it, you're moving it, you're taking action, you know, and from the outside perspective, like you, you have a lot of confidence and you're doing things. But one thing, you know, we all know is we're all human and we have our moments where we experience. Self-doubt, or we hold ourselves back. Um, we refer to these as the the playing small moments. So, would you share with us a story of one of your playing small moments and the lessons you've learned from it?
1: Well, I would say my playing small moment probably lasted several years while I was in uh, the field of uh, adversarial divorce law, because it it was over a period of time that it started really dawning on me that. This system is not working for families, and I'm not feeling good about participating in this system anymore. However, I was at a really great firm. I was working with well-respected colleagues. I was making an excellent salary. And really, I had everything that I thought I could want and should want. And so I was telling myself that this is just what you need to do. So I really boxed myself in and felt like I didn't have any choices, Um, And this period of limiting beliefs, like I said, lasted several years. But thankfully, uh, eventually, I did make the leap uh, a year ago now, to starting my own business. And so it, it took taking a risk, and it really opened my eyes to the fact that if you want things to change, you have to you have to actually make the change, it's not going to it's not going to just happen. You have to take deliberate steps.
0: Mm-hmm. And Christina, what planted the seeds for you to decide to start your own business?
1: Well, it came to a point that my my dissatisfaction with the system was growing to such an extent that i I honestly, I didn't feel I wasn't living in my integrity. By continuing to work in that process. So it came to a bit of a crisis point where I had to come up with some other model that I could actually feel good about continuing in.
0: Mm-hmm. And what did the crisis look like for you? Because I, I know, like I'm, I'm imagining it in my head, I know when people are not living in integrity, right? And they stay there for a while. There's usually a lot of symptoms and, you know, some a, a damaging ripple effect that starts. What did it look like for you?
1: Well, I would say that I was probably withdrawing into myself more. I was having a lot of anxiety, just a feeling in the pit of my stomach, a heavy weight on my chest. It was all of those types of feelings.
0: Mm. All right, Christina, now share with us another story. Um, this time focusing on a wake up call or an aha moment in your life. It could have it could have been like instantaneous or something you had a slow awakening, but normally that light bulb moment is the moment when you're ready to take action. So, share with us the steps that led up to that moment and then the steps you took that led to your success.
1: Well, it was after this this long period of feeling really dissatisfied and anxious that I last year took a, a three-week trip to Thailand with my family. It was the trip of a lifetime, and we had been dreaming about going there for years. Uh, it was just um, just amazing. We played with baby elephants. We stayed in a one of those stereotypical idyllic little huts on a white sand beach. And over the period of the three weeks, I started remembering what it was like to feel at peace again, that that feeling when you you don't have the uh, cortisol rushing through your body all the time. And uh, I just started feeling like myself again after that period of time. But I didn't realize the difference until on our way home, when we were in the uh, in the VIP lounge in Vancouver on our layover on the way home, for the first time in three weeks, I checked my work email and my calendar. And it was this... Light bulb moment where I had such a feeling of instant dread that I knew in that moment that I, I couldn't continue doing that work. So in that moment, I turned to my husband. We discussed our timeline. And the day after I got back to work, I gave my six-week notice and started working on my business plan.
0: <laughs> I love that. You know, yeah. you are not the first person who I've heard say, I went on vacation, And everything came into perspective and I was ready for action and in just to, so I'm not scaring people who are listening to this, who know they're like not a hundred percent happy, maybe with something that's going on at work or in their business, just by going on vacation doesn't mean you're going to come home and quit your job, but it could be a lot of things like getting away, unplugging, allowing yourself. Like what I heard in your story was you had time to get back to who you really are and remember who you were before all of this started to really impact your mentality and you started becoming anxious and just not yourself. Like you had that moment of clarity and you were ready to take action. And that's why vacations are so important time away. I mean, you don't have to leave the country, you know, to have a really good vacation. You can have a vacation in your own backyard, but it really underscores for me the importance of having that time when you don't work for a while and you just enjoy yourself it recharges you and, and gives you that clarity to take action when you get back into things.
1: Yes, and it was that time away that then highlighted the difference for me because when you're just in something all the time, you don't have that the outside perspective to, to see that it can be different.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And Christina, one thing we, we always talk about on this uh, podcast is leadership style. I, I really want everyone who listens to this to understand that there, there's no one model for leadership. Leadership can look different, a little bit different for everybody. There are foundational skills you need to have, like listening and relationship building and, you know, some managerial skills don't hurt either, but it is our personality. Styles. It's our experience and the strengths that we bring to the table that blend together and create our unique leadership style. So, Christina, how would you describe your leadership style?
1: I would say that I I like to enable consideration of possibility. So, I like to lead by example by trying to be really cutting edge in my field and bringing knowledge and strategies from from other fields into my industry where those things might not be known. And I guess given my my experience and how my eyes have opened through the risks that I've taken and the changes that I've made, I like to really encourage creative thinking and open-mindedness. And I would say I also tend to be the calm in the storm.
0: You know, Christina, you said something really interesting that um... – I want to go back to because I'm a big believer in cross-pollinization as well. In fact, I've read many blog articles that talk about how, you know, to, to be unique, you really need to follow your interests because your interests will trigger something, you know, an area, a strategy, a tool that you can bring back into your own work in your own industry. So can you give us an example of some strategies from other industries that you've been able to apply in your own?
1: So one example uh, would be the use of a mastermind group. Um, This concept is quite common in, um, you know, in the general business community, particularly in the online business community. It's not something that's very common at all in law. And so this is something that I've introduced um, for my clients is a, a specialized peacemaking mastermind that I offer, specifically for divorce professionals who are looking to create a practice similar to mine, helping families uh, in a healthier way.
0: That's a great example. All right, Christina. Well, this is that was a great segue too because now I want you to share with us something that you're working on that you're really excited about and want to share with us.
1: Well, my newest project, like you mentioned, is the podcast, and I'm super excited about that. Um, It's a podcast that we've started, my husband and I have started, for entrepreneur couples, and it's called All Business and Pleasure. And we named it that, of course, because when you're working together, it's all a mix of, uh, you know, personal and business. And there are all the, the joys and challenges that go along with that of trying to you know, how do you separate it out? How do you integrate things? We are interviewing entrepreneur couples doing interesting work. And we're also interviewing experts in uh, all sorts of areas related to business communication, uh, and wellness.
0: Mm mm-hmm. And so if if there's a uh, anyone listening, whose business is is You know something you do as a couple (laughs) reach out to christina this could be a great opportunity for you and i'm really excited about it because at the time of this recording this is like newly launched i just heard about it i'm really excited i think it's great and on the flip side of things christina what would you say is the biggest leadership or business challenge that you're faced with right now
1: Probably my biggest business challenge is coordinating the various projects that I have. I have a lot of ideas, a lot of uh, visions that I'd like to um, implement, and it's both a blessing and a curse, really. Um, I I find I'm enjoying my work so much that it's actually difficult for me to take time to take a break. Take time with the family. So that's something that I'm working on, although I do find it easier in the summer to go outside and take a little break.
0: Yes. I think I, a lot of the women listening to this and the men too, uh, who are type A and ambitious, can relate to I've got a lot of projects going on. All at this same time because it's so hard to focus on one. Our passions and our interests take us in so many different directions and we can see the benefit of doing a lot of things. But yes, it's definitely with the summer coming, because I I am putting this out in my newsletter as well, like make sure your calendar supports everything you want to do this summer. You know, to so put put things in place, take some things off, because that can be a big challenge for all of us. So thank you for the reminder and for sharing that with us. All right, Christina, now I'm going to do a quick leadership roundup. So tell us, what's one practice you have that helps to make you a better leader?
1: I would say one example is that I'm constantly learning. And I suppose that's because I tend to get bored, which is maybe um, a symptom of the why my biggest challenge is coordinating the various projects that I have. But uh, by learning something new, I'm always bringing fresh ideas and new skills to the community.
0: And what advice would you give your younger self?
1: I would say keep going. There's always more to learn and uh, lots of time. So just keep going.
0: Now share with us a success quote or a mantra and why it has meaning for you.
1: I love Toni Morrison's quote. um, If you want to fly, give up what weighs you down. Now, there's a, a curse word in, in the actual quote, but I thought I wouldn't share that with you. <laughs> but I, I love this quote. I find it so inspirational because we all have those self-imposed expectations and limitations. And when we let those go, that's when we really start to see the possibilities.
0: And what are some limitations that, you know, even recently, like you you've had the book release and the podcast, what were some of the things you needed to let go of in order for those things to to be real, to come about.
1: Well, there's a, I guess I've always had a bit of an issue with, um, with being visible. I tend to be an introvert. So I like observing. I don't love being the center of attention. But when you're an entrepreneur, you've just got to get out there and give it your all.
0: Yeah. So being, I think, you know what, even as an extrovert, sometimes I struggle with that too because i mean i wouldn't say i'm a super private person but i'm a somewhat private person i'm like how much should i be sharing and i hear a lot of people asking that when they're first starting their business and they realize they have to be on social media and promote and they can't just share other people's work they they've got to get their own thoughts and their own life out there cuz people you know and i you've probably found this in your communities too people want to know like how do you live you know, like, mm-hmm. what are you doing on the weekends? What is your life like? What does your home look like? And all this stuff. And, you know, you go through that internal battle of how much do I share and how much do I keep, you know, private and just for me and my family and that sort of thing. So, so again, thank you. Cause the, I think that that is a common struggle a lot of business owners and entrepreneurs have. Mm-hmm. And lastly, Christina, what is the best way for this community to connect with you?
1: Facebook is definitely the best place. That's where I tend to hang out. Um, If you're a peacemaking divorce professional, I have a group called Modern Separations Entrepreneurs. And then for the entrepreneur couple community, um, you can check us out on iTunes, the All Business and Pleasure podcast, and the All Business and Pleasure Facebook group.
0: Awesome. And for those of you listening, you know, you can find all the links and resources shared in this episode at womentakingthelead.com. And Christina, thank you so much for taking the time to inspire and enlighten us. We are all better for having met you.
1: Thank you so much for having me on, Jody.
0: Before we say goodbye, I want to give a huge shout out to Millie Welsh at ZebraLub Web Solutions. She does the hosting for the Women Taking the Lead website, as well as the SEO and payment solutions. So if you need help with any of these things, contact Millie at zebralubwebsolutions.com. You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It's not just in some of us. It's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. Again, thank you for joining me, and here's to your success.